What happens when three runners from different parts of the country with different running stories all get together? Pure run talk madness. So listen in as we talk about all things running related and some things that maybe aren't running related as it's bound to be a good time. This is Run Run Talk Talk Live. Welcome to episode five of Run Talk Live. How is it going? (laughs) We are surviving, but not thriving. I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in like a week. It's been rough. I've been on a completely opposite schedule. Like when I'm on nights like I was this past week, like it's not a normal night shift schedule. Like I'm literally working a completely opposite shift. I go in at 7 p.m. and get off at 5 a.m. Jeez. Will you uh, remind the listener what you do, Chase? I work in automotive manufacturing, so I uh, work for a uh, Toyota subsidiary, actually. That's that's what I do. Build, we build seats and doors for the Toyota Highlander. Okay, I'm glad you said that because my fiancé asked what you did, and I said, oh, he makes uh seats for cars and i was like that just sounds so dumb like he probably does something cooler than just seats for cars nope that's pretty much it (laughs) wow all right chase are you obligated uh to only drive a toyota vehicle no actually i've got a uh, i currently own a hyundai nice okay there's um there's like a toyota discount that you can get but um, I don't work directly under directly for Toyota. Like my company is owned by Toyota, so we don't get the same full benefits. It's a little bit more difficult to to get the full benefits. So what you're saying is you can't help us get a Toyota sponsorship. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Um, probably not. <laughs> this just got really awkward then. <laughs> my gosh guys well i am not gonna lie i'm a little little exhausted i did my 20th half marathon yesterday guys 20 number 20 20 since 2016 what stands out as the most memorable of the 20 Ooh, that's a good question probably well, it was 2021. I did the BMW Dallas half marathon and it was 32 degrees. And the only reason that that's memorable is because I got to pace one of my friends. Okay. And yeah, her goal was a 145 and we came in at a 149 or 45.59. That's awesome. And you know, yeah. For, for the listener out there, they may not realize this. Carolyn, remind us again when you started running. So I started running in 2016. My first mar- uh, half marathon was actually the BMW. So that memorable marathon from 2021. Um, so December 2016 is my first half. Started running my senior year of college. So earlier that year. So... You've essentially been running for six and a half years. That's 20 half marathons in six and a half years, which is just over three marathons or half marathons a year. 
Like, yeah, that, that's really, you know, most people do one, right? And you're, you're knocking out an average of three. That's pretty cool. And it's, I mean, I, I keep telling myself that, you know, I'm very grateful to be able to run this distance, no matter, you know, how exhausted I feel, no matter what pace, it's always, okay, I'm going to get this done. It's, it's not just, oh, another half marathon. It's like, dang, what can I learn from this one? Like what, what's going to happen today? So it's, it's really been a huge memorable journey for me. Awesome. Chase, do you, I know we talked about it before, but do you have an idea of how many half marathons you've done? Uh, I don't know. I'm probably approaching 20. I did like a little mental, um, inventory of my halves and my fulls a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't actually write it down. And I know that I was at nine full marathons. So I'm probably pretty close to 20 half marathons. That's awesome. Now, Jake, you are the one that stacks up races because listener Jake is part of a kind of elite running group. So he's got to run, right, Chase, you've got, or Jake, you've got to run a certain amount of races per year. Yeah, so I run for a, uh, a local shoe company here called First Place Sports, and I'm on their elite team. And part of the commitment to the team is I have to compete in the Grand Prix series that they have here. And they actually do two Grand Prix series races a year that take up the full year. Uh, so it's split into two, two halves, essentially. And each half has 10 races. And you have to do a minimum of eight of those races. So that means 16 races a year is what I'm required to do. There's out of the 20 options that are available. And that's just the Grand Prix races. Then you got, you know, whatever else you want to do outside of that. You know, the Chicago, you know, the Geneva, Illinois, you know, just whatever races you're doing outside of the local area here. So it's a lot of races. But. They're mostly shorter distances. There is one marathon. There's a few half marathons. Um, and then the rest are mostly 5Ks and 10Ks. So, I, you know, all of our favorite distance is the half. Jake, since you've got to run, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, halves for your group, what is your second favorite distance? Um, it is not the 10K. <laughs> 10k I'll, can i just start by saying that the 10k is my least favorite distance um, had this discussion before as well yeah <laughs> i think my second favorite distance now is probably realistically it's the 5k and it's just because it's so prevalent here that i i want to be good at it because it's a huge like point factor system for our Grand Prix. So I put a lot of attention on that as well. So it's, it's probably my second favorite. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I never really thought about that. I mean, I'm so focused on the half all the time. And what about you, Chase? What would be my second favorite distance? Yeah. Um, I'm inclined to agree with Jake with the, the 5K. I just wish that... Um, you know, I had more 5Ks in my area. I really don't, and um, not a whole lot of runners in my area. But, but I guess I I really enjoy the marathon too. Right now, you know, I'm doing a lot of marathons, three of them this year. So, just kind of enjoying that. And obviously, the I, I like the big events, and right now, the big events are marathons. 
I got to ask this for anybody listening right now, you know, please feel free to email us your response. But for those marathoners that are out there, if you're training for a marathon, what is your favorite thing about the marathon? Because, and I ask that because I, I do the marathon and I don't necessarily like the marathon, but I do it. And I don't know why I do that to myself. And then I always, I always focus on the reasons why I don't like it. And I forget to focus on the reasons why I do like it. And there's actually a lot more of those than there are of the bad, right? Of what, what I don't like about it. So if you're listening, I'm curious, write us. What is your favorite thing about the marathon? I think my favorite thing about the marathon is just the fanfare, you know, right now, like the, the marathons, especially the bigger marathons are, are big, huge events that, you know, you go to the expo and you get a, you go around and see all these new companies coming up in the running world. And then on race day, there's all this stuff going on. There's so many people that are cheering you on for 26 miles. I just love the fanfare of the, the full marathon. Yeah. And that's on my list too. Of one of my favorite things about it, just the, the crowd support to it. it. It is the most, I would say, known race across the world, right? You know, everyone knows the marathon distance and knows that it's a big deal. Um, yeah, I agree with that for sure. See, my favorite thing about the marathon is the finish line. <laughs> you know, just just give me my medal. Uh, but no, seriously. Um, I'm really excited this fall, you know, when we're all, all marathon training, really. Um, it's my first time that I'm going to be with a designated pace group. So I'm really excited to be running with people that are my pace, that are going to hold me accountable for these long runs, that are going to keep me the right, you know, uh, A, distance, B, elevation, and C, just pace, man. Because we all run, I feel like, well, me runs my long runs way too fast. Yeah, I think we've all done that at some point. Um, I don't want to speak for you, Chase. I know I for certain definitely have been a uh, been guilty of running too fast on my long runs or on my easy runs or recovery runs. Just uh, I've been there. Yes. Yeah, because a lot of times on the recovery runs and, and the long runs, especially, uh, I'm trying to kind of get out of my head and not think about running just to make it go by a little quicker and, and kind of occupy my mind. So if, if I, if I'm doing that and I'm not really paying attention, then I definitely go too fast. Yeah. What about if you're running with a group chase, do you find that you run faster than you want to, or slower than you want to, or do you control it? You know, what, what's that like for you or Carolyn, both <laughs> of you? When I'm by myself, honestly, I feel like I run slower. Um, but that's just because I feed off of other people's energy. Like I can have one person running next to me and not talk to me, but I'm like, all right, there's one other person here. Like that's, you know, I'm not going to be a hundred percent in my thoughts the entire time. Like I can talk to the person next to me if, if I need to, if I want to. So, um, just, but running alone, just, it's really hard. And I always go slower. I'm the opposite. I probably run a little faster than I should when I run by myself. And when I run in a group, it's easier for me to stick with that group. 
and they hold me accountable for my pace, right? For the most part, depending on who I'm with, but most most of the people we we slow each other down on purpose. Like, you know, we, we keep it where we need to be. When I'm by myself, kind of like Chase was saying, I kind of get in my own head. I think I'm going too slow. I should be going harder. You know, I, I just, I go faster than I should. Yeah, and it's kind of a weird thing for me because I actually prefer to run by myself, but those lo- it's just the long runs that I really struggle with. You know, I can do all of my workouts by myself during the week, but that long run, I'm like, holy nuts. Like, how am I going to get through two plus hours of running with just me, you know, navigating myself? Like, it's it's really nice to just have other people just for that long run. So speaking of our favorite runs, let's segue into our favorite things. Yeah, yeah. And so this is, just for the listener, this is going to be our five favorite things. And these are going to be topics of, of each individual choice here um, for fun. And let's let's maybe you can learn a little bit about us, learn a little bit about some new stuff that's out there that's available to you. Who knows? But uh, yeah, this should be fun. Yeah. And I know in our previous episodes, we talked about our general favorite things, but we only gave one. As Jake said, this is our top five. Top five. Yep. Well, let's get started. Do you guys mind if I I have my paper here in front of me? So so I'm going to, I can roll with uh, my top five favorite things. Take it away. Awesome. Well, I'm going to do this in reverse order and uh, the topic uh, that I'm going to go over is top five favorite running movies. And I should precede this by saying I am a movie nerd. I love my movies. I rarely watch TV shows. I always watch movies. Um, which, by the way, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 3 uh, on Thursday night, and that is amazing. Chase. It was fellow. very good. It was so good. Oh, you watched it? Yeah, it was so, <laughs> yeah. so good. About about four hours ago, yeah. Oh, did you? <laughs> did you did you get teary eyed? Um, yeah, at times. Um, I mean, no, no spoilers or anything. But yeah, there's definitely some sad moments. You know, yeah, I won't give any spoilers because I'm not I'm not that person. But this has nothing to do with running. I'm sorry, going off topic. But go watch Guardians of the Galaxy three, even if you've never seen. A Marvel movie in your life. <laughs> like, go watch this movie. It's really, really good. I was saying, we're gonna curveball into our top five favorite Marvel movies. Oh, I could, I could do that <laughs> for sure. That's, I don't even need a piece of paper for that. Right? <laughs> I can do it. Um, Maybe if we got time. Or I could twist it and say, well, they run in every Marvel movie, so technically, <laughs> it is a running movie. Um, all right. So, top five favorite movies. Uh, number five for me is actually uh, the movie pre or pre-Fontaine. So not the without limits, but the movie prior to that. Um, I like how they filmed it in a, almost like a documentary style format, even though it technically wasn't a documentary because there was still actors that were doing it. Um, But it was a great portrayal of pre-Fontaine. 
and just a great way to do the movie and make it feel like a movie and a documentary all at once. It is an older-ish movie, right? But um, it's definitely in my top five, and it, it reaches that number five spot for sure. Yeah, some great actors in that movie too. I mean, Jared Leto as Steve Prefontaine. Yep. Uh, Al Bundy was was he uh, Bill Dellinger, right? Yep. Yep. And then the, I'm looking uh, this. I'm looking this up, y'all. Wow, 1997. Yeah, yeah. Have you never seen it? No. Look, I look who the uh, um, director and who the producer is. Can you see that? Yes. So it was directed and written by Steve James. And then it was produced by Mark Doonan, Peter Gil- Gilbert, Gilbert, um, John Lutz, and Irby Smith. Okay. I want you to remember that because we're going to get to another movie here and I'm going to have you do the same thing uh, okay. here shortly, okay? You don't have to remember those names, please. But we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll know what I mean when we get to it. Definitely watch that movie, Carolyn. If you if you listening have not watched that movie, go watch it. Even if you don't know who Steve Prefontaine is, which I imagine most of you do. Um, so so I'll, I'll let you finish your list, Jake. But me personally, I prefer Without Limits. I, I like that movie a little bit better myself. Yep, that's that's going to be on my list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that one is my fifth fifth one. Uh, my number four favorite movie, I have talked about it, and I know you guys both said you haven't seen it yet, but it is the mockumentary called Marathon. Um, and it is hilarious. It is very unknown, <laughs> and it's very hard to find. I think you can only uh, purchase it online like you're not going to go rent it or find it on netflix or anything like that you have to actually go to voodoo or to prime video and yeah. buy it but jesus yeah i'm looking this up it's an unprofessional documentary film crew <laughs> follows five amateur runners as they trade for, train for devil's canyon marathon yeah and i don't want to give i i've already given a little bit of spoilers away in the past on this movie but there's it, it is hilarious you have to go into it with a little bit of an open mind but they touch on every like persona of what people think runners are and you know they got the serious runner that isn't actually good at running they got the girl that runs for the the charity and she wears a banana outfit the entire time because she, she's running for uh whatever that famous banana company is i forget it starts with a c um oh chiquita yeah that's what it was yeah so she runs for them so the entire documentary she's wearing a banana costume there's uh i mean the race director is he's trying to get credibility so he i don't want to say it anyways he does some funny stuff to uh to get his race out to the public um (laughs) So yeah, it's a good movie. Definitely go check it out. Uh, highly recommend it, for sure. This sounds hilarious. Literally, the trailer 
pops up with the girl in the banana cost like the banana suit yeah if you find a trailer i think the trailer is only like 35 seconds long and it's the only actual trailer that's out there um and it's the race director talking and it's i think it in the trailer he goes has anyone been injured uh during one of your races and then it just shows him going silent and it has all these people getting injured in his races and then he goes to find injury or something something like that <laughs> it's there okay absolutely. Uh, so my fiance and i have amazon prime so you bet this is going to be our next movie night <laughs> do it it's got to be cheap again nobody knows this movie even exists but it's a great movie um all right number that was number four number three on my list we have all talked about it but it is run fat boy run fantastic another hilarious yeah. comedy movie um, simon Pegg. simon Pegg. uh my favorite scene in the movie is when he hits the wall in his in his marathon um <laughs> and i again i don't want to give a lot away for those of you that haven't seen it but it's a cool like metaphorical scene that is really really neat and i just like the premises behind it you know he's trying to get his ex-wife back because he ran away from the wedding and he's deciding that instead of running away from things he's going to run toward them and that's why he signs up for this marathon to uh prove a point uh, to his wife and to his wife's new boyfriend. Very good movie. Have you guys, you guys have both seen that, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and I did want to point out if you're a friends fan, if there's, you know, a runner out there, uh, David Schwimmer produced or directed it. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's got some very recognizable cast in there as well. Um, I'm not great with the names, but I know all their faces. I could tell you other movies that they were in. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely a good movie and very funny. Uh, I like when they do, you know, some comedy themed uh, running movies for sure. Yeah. Kind of lightens up the mood. Right, right. All right. My number two, are you guys ready? My number two is indeed Without Limits. That is the yeah. epiphany of Steve Prefontaine movies. There's actually three out there, but Without Limits is the best one for sure. Um, it is an actual movie, not documentary style. Uh, Monica Potter plays Steve Prefontaine's uh, girlfriend in that movie. And she used to be one of my favorite actresses um, ever since I watched her in Patch Adams. You know, I really, I love that yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, Billy Crudup plays Steve Prefontaine. He's one of my favorite. He was at the time that that movie came out. He was coming off of Almost Famous, and he was like one of my favorite actors at the time. Yeah, I mean, you got Donald Donald Sutherland, the Donald Sutherland, yeah. Bill Bowerman, plays yeah. Bill Bowerman, the coach, and he did he did great. And the the speech at the end that Donald Sutherland gives always gets me every single time. Mm -hmm. The just the metaphors, the quotes in that movie, like they actually use a lot of Prefontaine's actual quotes in the movie. Um, like the running is like a, uh, like a work of art. You know, that's in the movie. Uh, there may be someone out there that can beat me, but they're going to have to bleed to do it. You know, that, that's in there. Um, there's just a lot of cool quotes in there. Now, Carolyn, I got to ask, 
Can you go to the page and look who the director and who the producer is and see if you recognize any names? Oh my gosh. So it was directed by Robert Town and it was produced by Tom, Tom Cruise. Baby. Yeah. Fun fun fact, Tom wow. Cruise was originally supposed to play Steve Prefontaine. Yep. But when like Billy Crudup came in, Billy Crudup was supposed to play somebody else. I think it might have been shorter. But uh once Tom Cruise met Billy Crudup, he immediately knew that Billy Crudup had to play him because he looked so much like Steve Prefontaine. Yep. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Have you seen that one, Carolyn? No, I haven't, but I need to add that to the list because, you know, I keep hearing Prefontaine, and I mean, I know that he was this fantastic runner and Olympian, things like that, but now that I'm doing research, like, I didn't know that he died at age 24 from an auto like automobile crash and yeah and it's uh, pretty tragic cuz you could actually go to the memorial site there you know where the accident was they have a, a you know memorial there um but it wasn't you know not to get too too in depth about it but it wasn't like an immediate thing when the crash took place he actually laid underneath the car and there was a bystander that tried to get the car off of him like he was still alive and he technically mm-hmm. suffocated because the car was squishing him that's terrible well, and he did it so young and he did it shortly after well he did the munich olympics um and then they had uh, another local race that actually steve prefontaine was the one that helped organize that race um, and I think he got Lossie Viren back in there because he, his biggest rival was Lossie Viren, uh, who he had lost to in Munich. And he wanted to get Lossie Viren back with another shot to beat him. I don't remember if he got Lossie Viren in that race or not, but that was his final race. And, uh, I think he was 24. Does that sound right? Yeah. yeah. 24 and he passed away. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just imagine mm-hmm. what he could have done if he had kept going, you know, 20, we're talking about. Kipchoge being 38 and still, you know, crushing world records. What could Prefontaine have done? That's just, that's awful. It's, you know, people say, well, live every day like it's your last or be grateful for every day because you don't know when you're going to, you know, um, pass away. And it's like, crap, dude. Like, here, like reading these stories about these well known athletes that died too young. And it's like, dang it. Like, They they didn't know it was their last day. Like Steve or uh, yeah, uh, Steve Prefontaine. Like he didn't know that you know driving home from that party he was gonna get hit by a car. Like that's just it's it's really heartbreaking and it's just numbing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Love love me some Prefontaine though. Always always have always well. We used to. I think Chase, you said you did it before too. In college, our pre race tradition and cross country the night before is we always got together at someone's apartment and we watched without limits and had pasta that was our i I did that myself yeah Yeah. that was one of the movies i had kind of a uh, collection of movies that i did that with that all kind of hyped me up for the night before a race well sharing some movies for you carolyn you uh got some (laughs) movies to watch for sure I'm, I'm really excited guys like i'm i am making the, the list and you know when summer hits you know i'm not going to be doing 
school stuff. So I have all this time. Yep. Well, let's go over my number one, number one movie, favorite running movie. And it's actually in my top 10 favorite just movies of all time. And that is McFarlane USA. That is definitely my number one. Um, it is a little bit biased because it hits a little bit home for, for me. Uh, my high school actually competed against McFarland High School, not that same team that's in the movie, um, but we competed against McFarland at our sectionals and our you know championship level races in California. And I, I mean Kevin Costner is in you know he plays the coach. Basically anything with Kevin Costner I'll watch and he, I usually like it. Um, and my favorite part about that movie is the end of the movie and i don't consider this a spoiler but the end of the movie kind of post credit sort of is they get the actual runners that the movie is about and it has them all running together with the coach on his bike the actual coach um, all running down the road and it kind of does uh it goes by them all one by one says their name and what they're doing now and just a really cool thing to see but if you haven't seen this one, Carolyn, please tell me you have. Please tell me you have. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm ashamed to say that I haven't seen it. Oh either, my goodness, so. it's the best one. Yeah. yeah, I know. Kevin Cott, you're right. I, I, anything with Kevin Costner in it, I'll watch. So I, I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. But I'll definitely put it on the to do sooner rather than later. Let's... Yeah, it's got Kevin Costner, and I forget the the girl that plays Kevin Costner's wife. Um, and Carolyn, you probably got your computer in front of you. You can look it up. Uh, she's the blonde girl. She was the main. She was like the boss in Coyote Ugly. Um, history of History it... of Violence. She was the wife in that movie. Yeah, Maria Bello. Yes. Yeah. And you'll recognize, like, for those of you, even if the name doesn't ring a bell, you'll recognize her as soon as you see her. But she's great in the movie. Um, there's a really cool scene in the movie where, again, I don't, it's, I don't, I'm not going to give away too much, but where all the boys on the team stick up for Kevin Costner's daughter in the movie. And it's just a really cool, like, I get goosebumps thinking about it every time. Like, it's a really neat, a really neat moment. But yeah, you know, cool based on this tiny little town that no one's ever heard of. Uh, Kevin Costner goes there, never coaching, running in his life. He's a football coach that isn't allowed to coach football anymore because that's something that happened in the movie and uh, decides to start a cross country team because that's the only thing that he can coach. And then it ends up being a success story. Like it's really neat. So go check it out. Okay, well. Yeah. On the well, list. Well, check it out. It's on Disney Plus if you guys it's a Disney movie, so it's on Disney Plus if you guys have Disney. Okay. Yep. Hmm. All right. Well, that's my top five, guys. That's a solid oh. list, man. Yeah, it's, I've watched too many movies. I really do. It was tough. Like I knew <laughs> I knew my top one and two. Like five, four, three, you know, there could have been two or three other movies in those spots too. It really was. And I did watch Brittany Runs a Marathon uh, last week because I admitted that I'd never seen that one and I watched it. 
I don't put it as high up on the list as other people put it, though. I will say that. If you're not an Amy, uh, what's her name? Schumer fan, then you're probably not going to like it. Was it Amy Schumer? That was the Amy Schumer, was it? Was uh, it? It was, uh, it was, uh, uh, it wasn't her. Who was it? Yeah. Cause she does a, oh wait, no, 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 no. Never mind. Never mind. No, My bad. It was, sorry. It was Jillian Bell. There we go. Um, but I mean, again, if you're not a Jillian Bell fan, then you're not going to like this movie. Uh, I don't think it was so much of that. It was more, I wanted the movie, like I, I went in thinking it was a running movie, right? Like about more so her, her competing in this marathon. And I, I guess I should have accepted or kind of realized that it was more about her just in general, like her life and everything she's going through. And the marathon is just part of the solution for her, her life. Um, it is, it's got its funny moments, but it just wasn't for me. It wasn't a movie that uh, I really found myself getting into. It was more of a slow burn for me and I wanted it to be marathon training, marathon training, marathon. And I, I didn't get that. respect that yeah right on all right who wants to go next um i can go for it all right well if you were on your run make sure you're taking a breath 33 minutes in yeah yeah shake out those arms just look up at the sky think of three things that is going well in this run darlene you need to be the like the yoga instructor of this run talk, like just go, just going forward. <laughs> Listen, so <laughs> I'll tell you how I kind of got like this. So, um, on my long solo runs, you know how I mentioned, I don't like long runs solo. I'll do anything else solo, but long runs, it's really hard. So I actually, this past training cycle, I did some of my long runs by myself. And I ran with the Nike Run Club app. And the guy every so often would be like, how are your arms? How is your cadence? Are you running on the balls of your feet? And it was like, this is beautiful. Like, I need this. I just, I so, picture like being in a, I don't even know what, like a, a massage room or a therapy room. And it's just got the, you know, the sound of the beach and the wilderness in the background. The soothing music in the <laughs> and background. just that, you're that soft voice. Meditation yeah. music. Yeah, you're that soft voice. Just take a deep breath out with the old and with the new. <laughs> that's, that's you. <laughs> you're in a special place. That's actually a really good compliment, Breathe guys. Special place. <laughs> it is a compliment, by the way. I am compliment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I took it that way. Like. Well, it's fantastic. But yes, so I don't mind going next and I will kind of stick with that running topic since we are pretty much a running podcast. Um, and I think it's going to surprise you both. Um, I'm going to talk about my top five favorite marathoners. And what surprises people is Kipchoge is not on that list. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I know he's like one of the best marathon runners. People love him, things like that. 
but there's other people that I connect to that, you know, I've been following since I started running and Kipchoge, I feel like I haven't really paid attention to until last year, really. Well, I'd love to um, hear you present your case and then uh, okay. and, and we'll grill you after. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, so starting at number five, Joan Benoit. Now, for those who don't know Joan Benoit, she was, is an Amer American marathon runner, and she was the first women's Olympic Games marathon champion. I mean, she's the OG, guys. Like, I feel like she has to be on that list. I I will agree with it, um, especially on the woman's side of of marathon running. I would put her. See, this is where it would be hard, right? You almost want to do a women's and a and a men's and a men's, um, yeah. But this is also gonna what's gonna make this fun is uh, we're combining it. Uh, would she be on my top five? No. Would she be my top five women? Yes. Um, but. You are right. She is the OG for sure. Uh, much respect. Yeah, I just I really connected with her just because, again, like she she paved the way uh, for, you know, Olympic marathon running for women because, you know, it was kind of taboo until uh, Benoit, you know, stepped on the scene. And, and now there's women in all sports all different types of sports in the Olympics. And there's a very strong marathon field for women now. So it's just definitely an inspiration How to me. How old is she? Uh, she is 65 and I believe she ran this year. She ran a marathon. Yeah, so is she the one um, that she went, so she won Boston, right? You're, yes, she you're correct. Boston, she went Boston twice. Yeah, 
that's kind of why I put Joan Benoit on the okay. list. All right, guys. Number four is Catherine Switzer. Had to put her on there, guys. She, <laughs> she uh, for the listeners, she became the first woman to run the Boston Marathon as an officially officially registered competitor. Just what a champ. Like, to, to have the balls that she does to just... And I know she won, She wore like a sweatsuit to kind of hide her bib. And then the race, was it the race director that tried to pull it off? Yeah, I don't remember. So I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot about the story. Um, just bits and, bits and yeah, pieces. Man, but yeah, I was, I was doing a lot of research and I've, I've seen that iconic picture where she, you see her running in sweats and you see that, I think it's her, okay, yes, her race run race manager jock simple you see him try to like grab the bib and she's just running i was like what a what a dream you know like to just be so determined and just not giving a crap what the race manager anybody is thinking when was that 1967. it was in the 60s yeah i don't really know i'm not familiar with the story i'm just kind of wondering how she how did she register and like they knew that a female was going to run it right they had to have unless she registered as a male yeah so i'll kind of uh summarize the story so um she was born in germany um her training uh she transferred from lynchburg college in virginia to syracuse university um she sought permission to train with the men's cross-country running program um let's see and she said if any or sorry um her uh, coach sorry um insisted she run a marathon um he said if any woman could do it you could but you would have to prove it to me if you were in the distance in practice i'd be the first to take you to boston and she she registered um it says technically the rule book for the boston marathon made no mention of gender so she was able to technically sign up as a woman and huh. you know she it says she decided she would run as an official competitor despite the prohibitions uh, because it was right widely understood that women were prohibited from running in official competition does it say what her time was you ask a solid question <laughs> um okay yes 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 uh, she finished the marathon in approximately four hours and 20 minutes. Hmm. That's amazing. And I feel like that's faster than the average. I think the average marathon time may be like four hours and 45 minutes or something. Um, well, that, but she did it. Now you got to figure this was in the sixties. So this is you know, yeah. 60, 60 years ago, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But she she really paved she's another one that paved the way um so we've got the first olympic marathoner and now we've got the first woman to run the boston marathon so intriguing, intriguing was, list so far i'm telling you guys i really thought a lot about this i have one name <laughs> i am a little concerned is not in in your five or four spot yet so 
I'm hoping this name is in your top three, and no, it's not Kim Shogi. Okay. Well, <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three is Meb Kafleski. Mm, go run, Meb. Yep. So, um, listener, Meb is, he's retired now. Um, he's the 2004 Olympic silver medalist in the marathon, and he finished fourth place in the 2012 Summer Games. Um, he won the 2009 New York City Marathon in the 2014 Boston Marathon, um, becoming the first American man to win each race since 1982 and 1983, respectively. A good choice. Uh, I will yeah. not agree with that one. He's, yeah, <laughs> so he made the list. So I actually have his book, 26 Marathons. And he, I mean, you've got 26 lessons um, and you get to see his good races, his bad races, his injuries, his training, um, just his family. So it's just, and I've met him guys. I've met him. Like I have a picture with him. Like he signed my bib. So I have a personal connection to Meb. Where, where, that's awesome. Where, I was going to say when and where. He was at the, um, Dallas Marathon, the BMW Dallas Marathon, I believe. I forget which year it was. Maybe it was 2017. Um, but he was there in, no, it wasn't 2017. I'll have to find the picture and um, I can send it to you guys and I can post it on the Instagram story, um, our Instagram account, just so everybody can you, see uh, it. Uh, how do you spell his last name? Kofleski. It is... K-E-F-L-E-Z-I-G-H-I. Okay, here we go. Yeah, that's spelling. Yeah, but I mean, I've got a picture with him. He's extremely humble. Um, Gives amazing running advice, y'all. Like, I've never felt more confident in a race. So he easily has a spot on that list. All right. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll put that on stories um, tomorrow. So number two is Ryan Hall. There we Hall. go. He's on my list. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. <laughs> that's the one. That's the name I was talking about. Yeah. Really? One of the halls. One of the halls had to make yep. the list, right? So, all right, listener, Ryan Hall is a retired American long distance runner who holds the U.S. record in the half marathon. And that time is 59 minutes and 43 seconds. See, I, I didn't know this until a few days ago. I didn't realize Galen Rupp broke his American record in the full marathon. Yeah, he's, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, he's the um, only American before um, Rupp to run a two sub 205 marathon. Well, and do you know what marathon he ran that that, two, that sub 205 at? Which I do know the answer. I want to see if you guys know it. I'm uh, looking at it right now. So, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. so he, yeah. he still holds the record as the fastest American to run the Boston Marathon. Okay, maybe that's what I was thinking. Yep. And, I mean, the fact that I mean, he and his wife are powerhouses. Like, name another couple that runs 
like, I mean, Ryan doesn't run anymore, but in his prime, he was a beast. Sarah's now a beast. Well, and the story, and it's been a, it's been a few years since I've read, you know, Ryan Hall's story, but I think a big part of why they're so close is because he had to give up running for her basically. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it was a, it, well, it was a health thing. I think it was like a testosterone thing, but yeah. Yeah. It was a, yeah. He was getting like unhealthy from, from training for marathons. It was, I mean, if you looked, if you go back now and look at pictures of him, you know, when he was in his running prime, like he was, he was a twig. He was super, super skinny. And he was getting to a point where no matter how hard he tried, he could not maintain weight. And he was just losing it. And then uh, there was a testosterone issue at one point, um, you know, as, uh, as Chase was alluding to. And he just, you know, he technically retired early, right? Like he probably could have done more. Right. But mm-hmm. he chose his health. You know, that's a hard choice to make when you're that that strong at something and to say, I, I gotta I gotta put this on the back burner. Um Yeah. And I think you asked a few weeks ago, Jake, you know, if there was a runner that like a current runner that we could make like a movie out of that I said that would be a really good one, you know, somebody who could capture that kind of story of, of Ryan Hall and like commit to, cause you see it all the time in Hollywood, right? People get into their roles and they, they do these rapid transformations. You could see somebody do something like that for yep, that role. Exactly. And I do want to point out, you know, we are all, I would consider us very inclusive people. Um, you know, we're the runner is a runner is a runner people. Um, Ryan Hall is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not finish, not one, but two marathons that I am seeing. And one of those was at the Olympics in London. So, I mean, the fact that you finish races, no matter what time is, is fantastic. And if you have those do not finishes, you're in good company. Because Ryan Hall didn't finish, you know, I have a DNF on my record, you know, so many people do. So it's just seeing that I was like, wow, like Ryan Hall's human too. Well, even so. yeah, Daniel Rupp, uh, I think he, uh, two years ago, he came down here to do the Gate River run and he had a, a DNF on there. Just, I mean, everybody, everybody has bad races. But then you see Ryan Hall pulls off this sub one hour half and it's like, shoot, like that's a great day for that dude. So it just, there's a lot of hope when it comes to racing. 100%. Well, see, I'm so happy you put that name on there. I was considering disowning you as a friend if he wasn't, but uh, we're good. Our friendship oh. is, is safe now. Oh man, like, let me tell you. So one thing I've really committed to is really learning from the great runners, learning who the great runners are, their lessons, their good days, bad days. Um, because I feel like sometimes when we see these athletes, like people see Kipchoge as, oh, he's just, he's this fast runner, but also he's a fantastic dad. He's very disciplined. He's very um, compassionate towards those in his village, things like that. 
Um, so I really looked at the whole person, not just the marathon runner. So that's a lot went into this. Well, we're, we're back on track. So that's good. Yeah. 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 And, um, my top favorite marathoner is Kira D'Amato. <laughs> and this, I have a personal story about Kira D'Amato. So, I mean, she's a boss. Like, I mean, she's been running since I believe college, no high school, ran D1 in college. Um, and she's one of those people that's only gotten faster with age. Like she's in her forties and she's still breaking records and, you know, finishing top five against this huge elite field. Um, so the personal story that I have with Kira is she and I are both on the UCAN team and you can advertise. They had this webinar with Kira and I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign up. Like I've never been to one of their, their webinars. Like Sarah Hall has been part of them, Emma Bates, but I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll sign up for this one. And you know, Kira helped me perfect my fueling plan. Like I tried it at this half, my half marathon this past weekend and it worked. Um, I didn't hit a wall, even though it was hot and humid and gross. Um, I, I didn't really hit the mental wall. It was more of a physical thing, but um, Kira commented on my story that I posted of her from that webinar. And we ended up having a conversation like, you know, it wasn't a long conversation, but it was enough to, you know, talk about what worked for us, what didn't. And she told me, you know what, once you get your fueling down, you will be a pro in no time. And that's going to be what's going to drive my Chicago marathon training is you are going to be a pro in no time. That's a very and cool story. Yeah. And I'm not going with this cocky thing like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be this elite. I'm going to be a pro. It's like, no, now I have hope that I can get my fueling down. I can get my running down. I can develop that champion mindset that Kira has. So even on my hard days, I'm like, you know what? I still love running. I'm still a good runner. I'm going to accomplish my goal. And it's just that confidence really helped. So that's, that's why she's my number well, one. What's funny is, so I have my book in front of me, the, the 1001 Pearls of Runner's Wisdom, that quote, quoting book I told you guys about before. Of everyone yep. that you just listed, yep. she is the only one that does not have a quote in this book. Yep. Really? Everyone else has several. Uh, you know, Prefontaine, the most, of course, that, that's in here. Um, Meg was in here. You know, everyone else is in here. But yeah, I, there's not a single quote. There's a because there's a section in the back where you can look at who was quoted, and her name does not come up here. Mm -hmm. Kira's a very. I feel like I don't know if she does a lot of interviews, and I know when people think of her, they think of her Strava profile when she just posts a ton of puns. <laughs> But I mean, she drops wisdom everywhere. Um, and you know, you might be like, well, why didn't you put Dina Castor on this list? Well, <laughs> Kira D'Amato broke Dina Castor's record in the marathon. Like, imagine this 
I mean, uh, Kira's obviously been running for a while, but imagine this this quiet person just coming in and just taking names. Just, just wild. Yeah, I mean, your list is a good list. Um, there's some that I would keep on it. There's some that I probably wouldn't have had on it, on in my personal opinion. But it's they're all worthy of being on the list at the same time, for sure. Yeah, it just... And like I said, I have a personal experience with Meb. I have a personal experience with Kira. Um the Hall family is amazing. Just all these people have little little nuggets of of why that that I you know respect them. And my question for you two is, who would you add? Uh, Kipchoge. <laughs> Kipchoge. <laughs> Kipchoge. My goodness. Um. Yeah. I mean. Obviously, Kipchoge. I'd probably throw maybe Frank Shorter on that list, uh, just m- from my uh, Prefontaine love. But um, yeah, I can't think of anybody else. I guess. Yeah, Frank Shorter. He's a close one. He'd probably be five on my list. Kipchoge would probably be like one or two on my list, uh, with Ryan Hall being one or two on my list. You know, it's, it would be tough um, on there. Uh, okay. Frank Shorter. Frank, I just came across a Frank Shorter quote. I got to share it with you. It's not really a quote. It's just, he's talking about racing here. He says, when you are really successful, you have an aura about you that makes opponents not only a little bit wary of you, but makes them a little bit afraid of you and consider you a threat. That's a, that's a pretty cool quote. Wow. Solid. Huh. Now, what book is this from? This is 1001 Perils Perils of Runner's Wisdom, Advice and Inspiration for the Open Road. And the cover of the book is Steve Prefontaine. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) That's just... We just had a full circle moment. Like we talked about him with you and now he's he's coming back. So I'm definitely watching that movie that you recommended. <laughs> those two movies so that Frank you recommended. Shorter, uh, I'm just looking at facts on this book, is the most quoted runner in this book. Um, so he has the most quotes in here. The second most quoted person in this book is Hal Higdon. Hey. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. All right, I'll put the book down, sorry. No, it's okay. You need to drop some knowledge on on us, okay, man. That was cool. That was a good list. I like your list. Um, again, I think depending on who's doing this, there, you know, everyone's gonna have a little bit of a different list. Uh, am I surprised Kipchoge's not on your list? Absolutely, one hundred percent. But uh, I won't give you too hard of a time for it because at the same time, everyone else on your list technically deserves to be on that list. I just, I feel like Kipchoge would have been so obvious, but, you know, all of these runners that I named, they have really long histories and a lot of, and I'm not saying Kipchoge doesn't, but they have different, I feel like, you know, with Benoit, you've got the first woman to 
run the Olympic marathon. You've got Switzer, first woman to run Boston. It's like, holy crap. Like these people definitely changed the field. And Kipchoge has got a lot of time to do that. And he's got a lot of, a lot of time to build his legacy. So I'm, I'm sure he'll make his way onto the list. So. Well, Chase, what do you got for top five? Top five. So you guys both kept it with running. I feel obligated to do that, uh, at least at least for right now. But I'm gonna go with my top five favorite running brands. Okay. I'm not gonna go just shoe brands. It's gonna be all encompassing favorite running brands. Okay, so there'll be some shoes, be some clothes, but okay. yeah. I'm ready. All right. So at number five, I'm actually going to go with uh, Adidas so or Adidas, <laughs> however you really want to pronounce that. But but I really like a, the, the thing that I like most about Adidas is their hats. I think they got some good running hats, and they've got some pretty good running apparel. When we get down to their shoes, I guess the reason that they're a number five on my list is like, I just, I feel like their shoes are just a little too stiff for me and it takes them a while to kind of get broken in. Yeah, I'll agree with your assessment on Adidas. Um, shoes of everything that they produce for the running world, shoes probably being my least favorite from them, but their other stuff, you know, stacks up higher and higher. Uh, I don't know about their hats, but I like their running gloves. I've always uh, liked, especially when I was living in New York, I was wearing those often. And uh, even their singlets. I do like their singlets and their running shirts that they have. Um, definitely good quality, good product that I, I would stand by. Shoes, um, I'm not racing in Adidas anytime soon. <laughs> I don't know. Carolyn, what, any, any thoughts? I'm quiet because I have no experience with Adidas. Like, I I think I wore them in high school for my basketball shoes, but I have no experience with running. Yeah, there you go. So I've, I've, I've owned a couple different Adidas shoes, not a whole lot, but they both had that same uh, thing in common. It just took them a little, a little bit to get broken in a little bit and i think in this day and age like shoe technology has come so far that i don't want a shoe that's going to need to be broken in you know i i like the shoes that i can just take them right out of the box and put them on my feet and and they feel great from i will the say adidas makes good running shoes that this is going to sound weird they make good running shoes that I wouldn't run in, but I would use as my casual everyday shoes. And my a friend of mine in New York suggested a shoe to me that I recently got because I'm not running right now. And I, I want a running shoe that I can treat a little bit more casually. And he suggested the, um, the ultra boost. Uh, and hmm. it's, it's comfortable. Uh, you know, would I, would I, do anything crazy in the running world with it absolutely not but for walking around and just wearing you know in a general function i i really enjoy that shoe it's very comfortable it's good on my plantar fasciitis and i like it i respect it yeah right on 
All right, number four. Number four, I'm going to go with Hoka. So Hoka, it, they kind of burst onto the scene about a decade ago. Max Cushion shoes were kind of their thing, and it's kind of transformed the entire running world. But I, I really like Hoka's shoes overall. You know, I've had a f- probably five different kinds of Hoka shoes, and they're always a solid option as like an everyday trainer. Um, I've not I've not ran in the Hoka Rocket X twos yet, but I've ran in the first iteration of the Carbon X and the first iteration of the Rocket X. And I can say that, you know, Hoka doesn't have any shoes that I would go and race in, but they're, they're still really good shoes. Like I, I put 450 miles into my Carbon Xs and I just loved them on my long runs because I loved having that max cushion paired with a, a carbon fiber plate uh, to to get me through my long runs. And for that same reason, I, I bought the Bondi X's and those were like the, one of the very first super max cushion shoes to put a carbon fiber plate in there. So just really, really great long run shoes. I think all around Hoka does. And Hoka owns the color game. Like if you look at their shoes, they're very colorful. They're very attractive looking. Like, you know, if, if I wasn't with Brooks and stuff, I would for sure explore the Hoka collection. Like this is just, everything looks so bright and happy. I mean, so far, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so far I'm agreeing cool. with your list and, and the order that you have it in, Chase. So uh, I do have a couple pair of Hokas. I have some Clifton's, I have some Bondi's, um, older generations, but I also agree with your assessment. Am I racing in Hoka anytime soon? Uh, no but they are great for the casual run, even the occasional long run, you know, depending on what your goal is for that long run. Um, and mm-hmm. they are pretty bit. Now I'm not a trail runner, but they are pretty Hoka. I feel like is pretty big in the trail running scene. Um, like they did yeah, the, yeah. the, was it the 100 mile? Like I think Hoka sponsored the 100 mile championships or something, something along those lines. They did one of those ultra races that were, it was, trail um if i was a trail runner i think hoka would be a shoe that i would pursue a little bit more than what i do now for road running mm-hmm. yeah same i think if i was a trail runner hoka might be a little bit further up on this list good list yep. but i'm not <laughs> i so. don't know that i ever will be but yes <laughs> yeah so anyway on to number three, I guess. So number three on this list is kind of, this is kind of, of of a surprise. And probably this brand probably would not make too many people's top five. But I swear by them mainly because of their winter gear. And that's Under Armour. Under Armour, when it comes to my base layers, there's nobody better my Under Armour base layers are amazing. I've got Under Armour shirts that I can wear in single degree weather in the wintertime, and it still feels like it's too warm. Like, I, I don't need that that good of a shirt on. And then same thing with the the pants. I've got nothing but Under Armour joggers and, and Under Armour pants for the wintertime, 
they're just, I just love Under Armour's gear for cold weather. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I have two pairs of the thermal tights and they are beyond comfortable. They don't move. And that's really how I survived our, like when uh, Texas had like a ice apocalypse or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I was not cold because yeah, of Under Armour. Um... I, for the first time, going to disagree <laughs> with, with that item. Um, I don't know that it would be on my top five. I've never been a big Under Armour person. I'll reference a comedian. I forget his, I know his first name is Nate. I forget his last name. And he talks about going in for plastic surgery. And he goes, oh, you know, how when you go in for plastic surgery, uh, they take a marker and they mark like all the spots that they're going to remove, like all the, the fat spots or whatever they're going to do because instead of doing that just wear an under armor shirt it shows every single flaw that you have <laughs> because they're so tight <laughs> i was like yeah that's true like i have to double up on size with under armor i feel like i'm everything that i buy um i have no doubt that their product is high quality it's just not been a product that i've felt the need to, to buy Yeah, like I said, I, I it's not going to make a lot of people's top lists because, well, they don't really bring anything to the shoe game. and But that's uh, that's just how much I love their winter gear. Like, it really is so good that, you know, that's that's why they're up in that, number three. I have another company, Chase. I'm not going to say what it is. Same thing I do with Carolyn. I'm hoping it's in your final two spots. And it's not the obvious one that I'm pretty sure is going to be in your final two spots, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I need to yell at you a little bit. You, you, <laughs> you might have to, I don't know. All right. What do we got next? So number two, I'm going with Saucony. And a big reason why Saucony made it up to number two is the endorphin yeah. lineup right now. Like I just, I've loved the endorphin every iteration of the endorphin speeds it's it's been one of my all-time favorite shoes i've got a couple of their hats that are super comfortable i've got a couple of their shirts that are amazing but the shoes the endorphin speeds that is how much i have loved that shoe that saucony wasn't even on the map before for me before that shoe yeah, came out i love almost everything about that brand uh they're in my top two i agree with that I love their shoes. I love their singlets too. I think their singlets are highly underrated. Yep, yep. Um, their singlets, singlets are great. Yep. Uh, I like that they're still, with the exception of the Endorphin Elites, they're still reasonably priced compared to other brands of, of a high stature. Um, but mm -hmm. they're, they're not at the diminishment of the the product. Like everything is high quality, high you know, good product. So. I agree with that. I love Saucony as well. Yeah. Um, I still run in my Endorphin Pro 2s. Like, they've still got mileage on them, and I use them for speed days and tempo, and I still feel like I'm flying. Like, incredible. Yeah, they're really, for those of you, you know, weighing the options of, on carbon-plated shoes specifically, there's really only two brands out there that 
that are legit in the race in the road racing scene when it comes to carbon plated shoes. And Saucony's, while still probably ranked number two, and I won't go into the other brand yet because I have a feeling Chase will, but <laughs> Saucony is the closest thing to it. And there's really nothing else close to it after that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can get your point there. I think that's kind of a different discussion. I should have done top <laughs> yeah. five shoes, huh? Top five carbon-plated yeah. shoes. That would have been good. But we didn't. We did overall brands. And the number one overall brand is, of course, yeah. it's got to be Nike. I mean, <laughs> for for so many different reasons. You know, one I love the shoes, the Vaporflies. I've got my my marathon PR I set in the OG Vaporflies. My half marathon PR was in the Vaporfly Next Percent Twos. Uh, I wore the Alpha Flies at Boston last year. Um, I love. I, I don't. I barely wear anything except Nike running shorts. Um, I I don't know what it is. I just love their running shorts. They they fit me well. They're comfortable. Um, they just do what I need them to do. Uh, I love the story behind Nike. I love how it started out as a running brand. And of course we, you know, we talk about without limits and Prefontaine. They both allude to Steve Prefontaine's connection to to Bill Bowerman, the creator of Nike, and and how he lent his name to the creation of Nike. Uh for all those reasons that it's my yeah, top brand. I uh I'm gonna you already know I'm gonna agree with you, right? <laughs> There's no disagreeing here mm -hmm. and all for the same reasons. Being a huge Prefontaine fan, I love the tie-in with Nike, with Bill Bowerman. Uh, you know, again, going back to the movie scene, there's even a scene in the movie where he's literally using his waffle iron to make the shoes. Um, you know, and then he's <laughs> making waffles. The wife is yelling at Bill Bowerman because she wanted to make waffles for breakfast. Like it's... Uh, it's a true story how they came about. It's also true that Nike or Steve Prefontaine was the first runner to race in a pair of Nike shoes, uh, not to run in them, but to race in them. Um, and they fell apart, you know, in, in his first race. Like it was a horrible, horrible design. Um, <laughs> and just, I love all their, pro I don't just love their shoes. We talk about their shoes. I love their gear. I love their bags. I love their, uh, their also their singlets, especially their Razorback singlets. Uh, and then it's like you, Chase, uh, outside of running tights, because my running tights are usually 2XU. That's kind of the brand I go with. Uh, regular running shorts are almost always Nike for me. Yeah, I even like the, I even use, wear Nike half tights. Like, I just really like them. But I will say, though, that as far as Nike singlets go, it's really hit or miss for me. The The sizing on those they things are, is just all over the, the place. Uh, I noticed that. So I, I normally wear a small to a medium because I do like a tighter fit. Um, but when I – like so the team that I run for, First Place Sports, our jersey, our singlets are Nike singlets. And I have to wear a large on that one because it's not long enough and I'm six foot two and this thing sometimes feels like I'm wearing a tube top. Like I'll, I'll 
lift my arms up and people can see my my non six pack abs because I don't have a six pack. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I agree with that. The sizing can be different. I do like the Razorback style on the back of the of the singlets though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Carolyn. Any any thoughts one way or the other? Yeah, I actually have a lot of thoughts. Um, Sorry, I didn't put Brooks in there. <laughs> yeah, first of all, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> second of all, when I first started running, actually, um, I purchased a ton of pairs of the Nike Pros. And I still have some of my original shorts that I started training in because they are so well made and they're so comfortable. Um, second, I bought the vapor flies cause you guys kind of convinced me to, and I raced, yeah, I raced in them this past weekend and, oh my gosh, they are so comfortable. Yep. They are amazing. Like, no, I have no foot pain. Um, and I have pretty low arches, so I can't have any of these like high shoes. So the alpha flies give me pain. Um, yeah, even yeah. the endorphin pros had started to kind of mess with them, but not the vapor flies. Well, and like, I think I was me so and Chase have both said it, but one of our favorite things about those shoes is the recovery. Like the recovery seems to just be a little bit quicker. Like it's, it's lower impact on your legs yep. and you just recover easier. Right. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. Like I, I'm not even in any pain for my half yesterday. Um, and it just, a lot of it is due to the, the, uh, vapor flies. Well, I'm proud of you. First off, Carolyn, <laughs> uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the club. Welcome <laughs> to the vapor. Flies, uh, now Chase, <sighs> I have to say there's one brand. Uh, it's not that I'm mad. It's not on your list. I'm just surprised because of, because it's your list. If it was anyone else's list, I wouldn't have been surprised by this. And I'm going to say this because you talked me into this brand and I fell in love with them. And I understand why uh -huh. it might be hard to add it to this list because they don't really produce anything outside of really the one product that they make. And that is Alter Ego. I love, oh, okay. love, love their hats. <laughs> I love them so much. So, so yeah, and I think the only reason that Alter Ego is not on this list is because of longevity, really. I mean, um, I I would, uh, dude, outside of their running hats, have you tried any of their sunglasses? I guess you yeah, don't really, you can't really wear sunglasses, can you? Yeah, that's the only hard part. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, you're missing out there because they have some of, I, I think the most amazing running sunglasses, they're lightweight and they're secure and they're just, they're the perfect fit for me. And I, I love them. I, I really yeah, I mean, love their sunglasses. They've been popping up at more and more of the races around here and they are new. Like for those of you yeah. that are going alter ego, like I've never heard of them. Well, they are relatively new, um, you know, compared to other running brands that we just mentioned for sure. But they're good. Like, their hat. I love their hat designs. Number one, and I love their hat fit and the material and just the material is probably some of the most wicking material I've ever 
seen on a, a hat of any kind. I mean, it's it's like borderline papery, but not, but it still gives you that comfort. Well, around what I like the, the most about it is other running hats. They're they're just that. They're strictly running hats. Like you wear them when you go on your run. You don't wear them anytime else. The alter ego hats, like you can wear them casually. They're casual hats. You can just wear them wherever. And I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. Um, yeah, they're right. cool hats. So, Caroline, I don't know if you've ever, you know, purchased an alter ego product in any way, shape, or form, but they're they're worth the hype, in my opinion. I'm looking them up, and I honestly thought that they just had the—I don't even know what you would call them—like the big build hats. But it looks like they've got some athletic-looking yeah, hats. They've got like three or four different variations of hats, but yeah, and lots of designs. Wow! And Chase had not to not to do a pitch, but I'm pretty sure Chase has a discount code on his uh, TikTok. Yep, Lincoln, Lincoln, my link tree. Get ten percent off. The only thing that stinks about that is they and and I'm I'm shooting myself in the foot here, but they offer better discounts on a regular basis. So if there's not one like right now, and you want to see if you can get a better than ten percent off, like wait a week or two because they do sales all the time. Yeah, that's that's the one that I was alluding to, Chase. I was like, okay, this one's going to be on the list as soon as you said. Yeah, no, and it's it's no. I am an ambassador for them, but like it's it's nothing against them. It's strictly longevity. But I'm telling, yeah, they keep making hats and sunglasses the way that they are. And if everything's as good as those things, then they'll be they'll be on the list in no time. Well, those are some those are some good lists across the board. Carolyn, we we did a good job <laughs> of keeping it all running related to. For the most part, yeah. the guardians of the galaxy slip up, but well, I think we could still do our five favorite Marvel movies. I just, I'll, I'll go real quick: <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy three, uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home, Endgame, Infinity War, and probably Multiverse of Madness are in my top five. Hmm. Well, I guess without thinking too much about it, I would probably go. Thor Ragnarok, Civil War, um, OG Iron Man, First Guardians. That's four. Is that five? That's four. Um, there you go. We, we agreed game. on one. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, probably going to get the sound, but... Uh, well, I'm a DC yeah, fan. Well, I am too. I mean, I'm Superman to the core. Like, Superman is my guy. He will always be my guy. But... Just saying. Yeah. I'm not going to say, and I know we're going way off topic, I'm not, not a DC fan. I love anything superhero related. Um, but Mar- I'd take Marvel oh, over DC. I'm I am looking forward to the Flash movie. The, like that thing, that's gonna be awesome. Or reactions I've seen on TikTok from you know some of the the uh, I don't know the well-known people on TikTok that review movies is really good. I've heard them say as far as this is the yeah. greatest superhero movie ever made. So we'll huh. see because the whole Ezra Tobacco 
know, we'll see. Concerned that, yeah. Sorry, non-running related stuff for, for all of you that are an hour and 23 minutes into your run right now. Yeah, Jake and I are super nerdy, so like we, this is just something oh, that yeah. will come up from time to time. <laughs> yes. Well, Jake said it, you're an hour and 23 minutes into your long run. We hope it's going well. We hope you're fueling. Please, please fuel. Um, we hope you're thinking positive thoughts because crap starts getting hard around an hour and 20 minutes. I don't care who you are. Chase will, I mean, Jake and Chase won't relate. They're speedsters, but it does get hard after mile 10, usually of the half. So it usually gets hard after an hour period. It's... Yeah. Now my long runs, I I do like to listen to audiobooks, and I'm a big uh, I'm big in the sci-fi, I'm space operas, and like Lord of the Rings fantasy books. I could have done my top five books that I've do listened Hitchhiker's to Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> you you won't be disappointed. Um, I've, I've, I've read it. I've never listened to the audiobook for it. I read it years ago. I would almost need to go back and read it again well guys if you're listening to this and you are not subscribed to this subscribe to this for show all right guys any final thoughts um yes kipchoge should have been on your top five and <laughs> check out alter ego if you haven't already an alter ego um, I also want to be an ambassador. So if you're listening, <laughs> give me a call. <laughs> watch and without, watch limits. without yeah. limits. Watch without limits and McFarland USA. Yeah. And, and, and the movie. That's our, that's our homework. There's three movies on there between the two of you that has to have to be watched. Okay, uh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, watch movies. Uh, disagree with me that Kipchoge should not be on the list yet. <laughs> and <laughs> all right, guys, uh, keep running strong, and we'll see you on episode six of Ron Talk Live.